Welcome to Critical Blue Reviews. I'm your host, Critical, and yes, I know it's been a while, it's been a while, but I had to take some time to think and take care of some business and um, just give everybody a little break, that's all, and uh, give myself a break as well, but I would like to shout out all my listeners, thank you for continuing to listen, shout out to everyone, shout out to Dave P. Cole, and uh, those who've been waiting on a new um, Pod Cemetery podcast. Uh, it's all my fault. It's not Dave P. Cole's fault. Uh, shout out to you. We will have that coming out pretty soon. Shout out to the beautiful, elegant Queen Ella Satine. Um, my apologies. We're supposed to get up and do a podcast, and uh, and that's when I kind of went on my break. And you know, my my apologies. And I hope that you're still willing to, you know, jump back in it with me. Um, shout out to Cy. You know, definitely. Uh, you know, you, I've been talking to you during my break and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, a real, you know, refreshing, real, really refreshing to, you know, have you, you know what I'm saying? In my ear saying some really great things so we can get together and debate, you know what I mean? So that's what's up and shout out to DJ Re- Re- Reckless. Yeah, that's inside, but yeah, but yo, shout out to everyone. Shout out rents. You know what I'm saying? Shout out folks from Seaport. Shout out people from the A. Shout out people from GA. Shout out New York, shout out West Coast, East Coast, up north, down south, shout you all out, you know what I mean? So um, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Today, I will be reviewing, oh, before I even review, I want to say, make me last by giving listener support to the podcast, and thank you, thank you, I've seen more people are giving uh, listener support to the podcast, definitely have to shout you all out. And uh, yes, let's go ahead and really get into it now. So today we will be reviewing Captain Marvel. And just to give you a logline for Captain Marvel, it's about an alien that's a part of an intergalactic space police who falls to a familiar planet while escaping alien terrorists. On that planet, her memories that suppress begins to unlock, unraveling her secrets. And the director for this film, you have Anna Bowden. She directed It's Kind of a Funny Story, and she also directed Sugar. But also, she had a, uh, there's two directors. You had Ryan Fleck. Um, he also directed with Anna Bowden, It's Kind of a Funny Story, and Sugar. So, and they also, they both wrote it. It was both written by, well, this movie was written by uh, both Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Um, and just to kind of give you a heads up with the characters, give you information on the characters, I don't see a heads up, like I'm, like I'm looking out for you guys, oh, watch out, here come the characters, nah, but here to give you, you know, some information on the characters, you have Captain Marvel, um, slash Carol Danvers, played by Brie Larson, um, you might have seen Brie Larson on Room, The Room, Room, um, actually it was one of my favorite movies in 2015, um, she's also in Skull, Kong, Skull Island, I almost wanted to say Scroll Island, but yeah, so she was in Kong, Skull Island, who actually she played along with uh, uh, Samuel Jackson. Uh, she They did several things together. Um, they did uh, Scroll Island. They, uh, I think they did a play together, you know, um, so it, it's, it's like, you know, three different things they've like acted with one another. So they're pretty familiar. And I think that's why the chemistry was pretty strong in this film. I did. I did enjoy the chemistry. Um, but I'll get into that later on. Then you have Nick Fury played by 
Yes, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. You've known him in Pulp Fiction and The Hateful Eight. And uh, also that's uh, Clean's, you know, friend of the family. Yeah, for Clean, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to you, Clean. And uh, I already told that story about uh, when I met uh, Samuel Jackson's wife, Mrs. Jackson. Um, but also you have Talos and also the character, this actor played Keller. He played Keller and Talos. And that actor is Ben Middleson. Um, he was in Rogue One and you probably also saw him in Ready Player One. He was in a lot of one movies, you know. So anyway, um, you got Ron, excuse me, Ron. You got Jan Rog, played by Jude Law. You've seen him in Talented Mr. Ripley, and he's also in the Grand Budapest Hotel. You also have Maria Rambo, um, played by Lashana Lynch. She's in Brotherhood and also Fast Girls. Um, she's a British actor, so I think this is her first American film, if I'm not mistaken. You also have Agent Coulson and uh, Craig, uh, excuse me, Clark Craig reprises that role as Agent Coulson. And uh, you've seen Agent Colston on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and The Avengers. Okay, so I'm just going to give you more information on Captain Marvel, like just her, her history. Uh, well, Captain Marvel, the name's first appearance is in Marvel Superheroes number 12. Um, that dropped in 1967. Now, that was mainly uh, the male captain marvel because when you had captain marvel you had miss marvel and carol danvers was miss marvel so um yeah so miss marvel she appeared in marvel superheroes number 13 in march 1968 which she reappeared in miss marvel number one in january 1977 okay and just a little background information about her her dna was fused with marvell during an explosion leaving her with superpowers so, you know, short and sweet to the point, you know, um, it's a little different. Uh, her her uh, origin is a little different in this one than the comic book, um, which is cool. You know, I, I have no problem with that. Uh, how did I feel about the story? Well, let's see. The story was OK. Uh, the story was OK. It did have lacking moments, especially during the dialogue and exposition there were times where it fell flat. It's almost like the story stopped just to be like, hey, it's time for exposition. And also, I have a joke at the end of it, you know? So, and also, too, when it came, I guess, to the villains of the film, it felt, it was a little confusing um, because I, I expected one storyline and then the storyline went a different direction. So I guess it almost had that Iron Man 3 effect. So I'm not going to go any further with that. But I would say I was a little shocked. I don't know how I felt because I was used to a certain storyline. And when the storyline shifted, I didn't know how to take it. So maybe if I go see it again and I know what's going to happen because I was my mind was set on one thing, but then it changed so now, like, my mind didn't know how to take it because it was, like, in the middle of changing, certain parts of the story wasn't being revealed. So my mind was like, wait a minute, I don't know how to take this. Is this a bad movie? You, you know, it, it just really wasn't... It, it, my mind wouldn't change right away. 
So I'm gonna watch it again since I know how the whole movie is and see, you know, if, if I still feel the same, if, if I feel like certain scenes were, you know, was lacking because my mind was stuck on a different story portal. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that, you know, that you, you did have that uh, going on. So there was confusion. Uh, you have uh, Carol Danvers and Maria, uh, Maria Rambo. I felt like their story should have been it should have been more sentimental. I mean, it's a storyline that happened between them. And I felt they had, they, they spent too much time together, you know, for certain things to fall flat. You know, it, I felt like it, it, they should have really, they should have, re- it should have been a little bit more emotional with their storyline. But eventually you know and it was to the point where i knew it was something wrong because in my mind it was like a scene that skipped i won't say it skipped but you know when it you know like when the person first meets somebody and the next thing you know they're sitting down at a dinner table or something like that so it's a skip so you know you don't want to you know get all the boring parts so i had to assume that it got emotional in between like the skip you know from first meeting the person and then all of a sudden you're sitting down at a dinner table so it's like well maybe the emotional parts happened then but you know of course if you're a writer watch movies or make movies you know that that story only happens when the audience sees it so you can't assume so i felt like they did drop the ball on that part if i have to i mean i'm good at doing that i'll i'll throw a storyline in the middle of something to make it make sense be like well maybe this happened in between there but you're not supposed to do that we shouldn't have to do that but i think they dropped the ball on that one um so yeah i you know that 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 part uh just to break down some of the characters, how I felt about Captain Marvel, I actually like Captain Captain Marvel more this go around than I did when I was reading the comic books because I have a I have a few Captain Marvel comics uh, during the Scroll Scroll Wars actually, and uh, which is ironic, but um yeah so like that's that's the only Captain Marvel comics I do own uh, is when she fought against the Scrolls, but coming up I mean. I knew about Captain Marvel when Rogue stole her powers, and that's how Rogue was able to fly. Um, but she, you know, I don't know. She she never really stood out to me, like just growing up as a kid, you know. Other than the fact that Rogue stole her, stole her powers, then it was a, you know, then you had, I guess, the House of M, you know, and and then the House of M Gambit, you know, Gambit was cool, especially if you was an X Men fan. People love Wolverine and Gambit. You know, and and so like Gambit was just cool to me. He wasn't my favorite, you know, X Men character, but he was still cool. You can deny his coolness. And so when she came up, because uh, if you're not familiar with the House of M, House of M is basically where a majority of the world is mutants. It's like basically mutant, you know, paradise. You know, so you had uh, Carol Danvers. She was like a police officer, of course, and she uh, uh, Gambit robbed a bank. Him and his friends, and she was chasing after him and. He even just shooting those little cards at her or whatever, and she grabbed him and slammed him against the wall mad hard. And I was just like, ah, that was it, you know, because I never understood who Captain Marvel was. And I felt like Gambit should have put up a better fight. You know, I wasn't, you know, I I didn't know too much about Captain Marvel other than she just kind of flew around. She kind of was like the Supergirl of, 
you know, of uh, Marvel, but except she shot energy from her hands. You know, that's what I felt, you know. So I was just like, I was turned off to that, you know. And, and I, you know, I was, I was young. And I didn't understand how powerful Captain Marvel was because she just dealt with Gambit so quickly. But I, what really turned me off to her was actually um, Civil War Two. Civil War Two is a comic book I did read where there was a guy who was a precog. He can predict the future. And so he would predict like certain situations happening, like Minority Report. So think of Minority Report. And so this, and that was his powers. And with Cap, and with uh, and with uh, Daver, Danvers, Carol Danvers would do. She would um, just take his word for it and just go out and and you know arrest people before they even committed a crime. You know, and and this that and, and that personality that I I can explain is actually that that asshole cop. That's what I saw. That's what I felt from Carol Danvers when I read her comic books or when I. When I, uh, yeah, when I read her comic books or comics with her in it, I felt I just got that asshole cop vibe from her, you know, and, and like, for example, to get back to the whole precog thing or the guy that was making predictions, you know, she got a lot of superheroes killed. Like the guy made predictions that Thanos came to earth and it wasn't like Thanos was, you know, making any problems or trouble. But she just jumped to it. She grabbed, she she uh, got the Avengers, the rest of the Avengers, and you know attacked Thanos for no reason. Like he wasn't doing anything, but she attacked Thanos for no reason. Like she didn't. I, I don't think she even gave him an ultimatum. I think they just went in and started attacking. She ended up. Uh, uh, what happened? Yeah, She-Hulk ended up in a coma, and uh, almost died. They had to bring her back, resuscitate her. Uh, uh, Thanos killed. Uh, War Machine, which was uh, Carol Danvers' lover on the low, um, uh, Rhodey, and so that affected Iron Man. You know, Rhodey and Iron Man are best friends, so Iron Man was kind of like, you know, you're reckless. You know, DJ Reckless. No, I'm just joking. Anyway, uh, you're reckless. You know, so um, you need to do something. You know, you need to get your head on straight, basically. And she was like, you know, you don't tell me what to do, type of thing. I do what I want to do. Da 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 da. And then. She goes off, and uh, it was another premonition of Dave, uh, Bruce Banner getting killed. And Bruce Banner, you know, at the time couldn't even turn into the Incredible Hulk, so she was basically going to arrest Bruce Banner. He's doing one of his science projects. He thought he was just getting visited by her, and so, you know, then it come to find out he was being questioned, and it was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And so he ended up getting assassinated you know so they killed bruce banner <laughs> she got bruce banner killed you know uh who else oh and iron man she also uh oh before we even get to iron man because she put iron man in a coma because iron man got tired of a mess and so she because she's strong as hell so she put him in a coma and so um yeah she tried to arrest dog on um try to arrest spider-man and i'm not talking about peter parker she tried to arrest miles morales she it was a premonition that miles morales uh killed captain america and miles morales is like what you know what i mean you tripping and she was going to arrest miles morales and the superheroes had to step in like nah you're not you're not touching miles morales you know miles morales he's having a nervous breakdown because you know he's just starting out as a superhero and then you know it's a premonition that he kills captain america the greatest hero now he's going to get arrested for something he didn't even do so he was like he had a panic attack and so all the superheroes had to step in. Even Captain America had to step in. It was like, yo, you bugging, no, Danvers. You're not going to arrest him. You know, 
so she she just really played herself to be an asshole in the comic books but in the movie she wasn't like that at all i actually like brie larson but the, the crazy thing is like should i like brie larson and what that means is um it's like wrestling right like in wrestling you're either gonna boo somebody or cheer if nobody says anything that means you're doing bad in wrestling and i felt like in the when i watched this movie with carol danvers it was almost like well i wasn't you know really cheering for her, but I, I just appreciated brie larson i felt like she brought the character to life somewhat um it was she wasn't a full character i'll get back to that later but you know i it, and it's not carol it's not um brie larson's fault i feel like it was the, the writing you know of uh of captain marvel but yeah you know i felt you know she was able to um um i lost i lost my lost my train of thought unfortunately but yeah but i mean i, I just felt that you know i don't know i felt that she yeah what i was gonna say was she was basically an asshole but you know i felt like that would have made it more interesting you know but then again it's like it's risky right like do you really want are you going to follow or pay money to watch an asshole character there's not too many asshole characters i know of main characters that people will just follow you know be like hey i want to pay my money but it will be interesting to see what will happen next and the only character i know that would can pull that off and that's a character in wrestling i was the rock where he was an asshole but people loved him and stone cold steve austin that was another one but I can't think of anybody in movies who was just an asshole main character who everybody loved. You know, like, they might have started off as an asshole, like a Scrooge. But then, you know, Scrooge changed. You know, like, he wasn't an asshole anymore. So, like, that was, like, the growth of the character. So, anyway, um, that's what I felt with that. Uh, Nick Fury. Oh, man. It was it was just some things that I felt like with Nick Fury. They, if like, because, you know, uh, people that don't know, before Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury before he appeared in um uh in the ultimates comics as uh the black nick fury nick fury was white and so but the thing is this though with white nick fury they wouldn't i'm gonna leave it like this before i get back i'm gonna get back into it they wouldn't do that to white nick fury if white nick fury was white boy <laughs> white nick fury is white if samuel jackson's nick fury was white they wouldn't they wouldn't give him that storyline but i'm gonna get back to that later i'm gonna get back to that later another character uh i kind of like you know kind of made it you know a little bit more pleasuring of soothing goose yeah shout out to goose you know um so you know you, you all can find out who goose is when you go see the movie um and i now what i would say what i'm looking for in the future now is actually uh monica rambo uh that's a character that's played by akira akbar and i don't know if i should say this because it's not in the movie like she's just in the movie but background information she's actually a comic book character so you know i know it's not really i don't want to spoil anything but you know but you know she's not it doesn't say it in the movie because it might not even go that way in the movie so i'll go ahead and say it um yeah and in the comic books she actually becomes captain marvel in the comics so i thought that was pretty cool that they put that character in the movie and she's a little girl so by the time endgame begins it's going to be 30 years later or she not say 30 years later because she was like you know you know like in the single digits so by the time endgame begins she should be like 30 years old so 
you know, so which you know, I guess that would be like thirty years later if she's in the single digits. But um, but yeah, she she would be like um, well, close to thirty years. But yeah, so she should be thirty years old around this time here. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what they're gonna do with that character, uh, Monica Rambeau's character. And uh, what I didn't like about the film, I didn't like the comedy with the scrolls without knowing what was going on. Like it just like I was confused. I have to go back and watch it again, you know, since I know, you know, know what the movie's about now and check it out. But I, I had a problem. It felt very uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, you know, somebody making jokes, you know, about slave masters. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you know, during like African American slaves. It was like, you know, like I I I wouldn't see the humor in it unless I knew what was going on, you know what I mean, so, or, or, you know, Nazis, somebody making jokes about Nazis, you know, not, not in the sense of just random jokes, but just, you're, you're in a serious, somewhat serious movie, and, you know, you're fighting Nazis, and all of a sudden, you have a point where you, uh, the, the main character and the Nazi have, you know, trade back jokes with one another, it felt kind of weird, you know, in that, in that, uh, situation, but, um, you know, I'm not gonna stay on it too long, uh, there were weird slow moments with the character's dialogue during the exposition zone, you know, so it was kind of like, all right. And then, as I probably mentioned before, uh, during the exposition zone, oh, excuse me, during the exposition zone, uh, it kind of was like, uh, you know, oh, okay, now we're going to like have a joke. You know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, you know, we're gonna stop this right here. We're gonna do the exposition, and then after the exposition, then I'm gonna, then we're gonna say a joke, and everyone laughs in the audience. You know what I mean? So it, it felt like that at certain moments. Um, you know, just and then the small things I didn't like. Uh, it was too much whooping for me. You know, woo! You know, all of that. I call that whooping. You know, only one person can whoop, and that's Ric Flair. You know, and maybe his daughter. But, you know, like, if you do it too many times, it, it, it just kind of gets on my nerves. Woo! You know, just throughout the movie. You know, in real life, whatever. But, you know, in, in the movie, like, it shouldn't be that much whooping unless Ric Flair is there. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but um, I didn't like how Nick Fury felt. Like, I felt like Nick Fury was Mitch Hennessy from A Long Kiss, a Long Kiss Goodnight. That's, that's the Nick Fury that I saw on the screen uh and if you all remember a long kiss goodnight uh mitch hennessy was kind of like just a comic relief you know what i mean and oh wow what i talked about before if it's not written if it's written by if a black character is written by a non uh black uh director or writer you know how's the character gonna turn out comic relief you fell into one of the stereotypes but anyway now nah, i'm not gonna get too 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 far into that but because it wasn't that bad the comic relief it wasn't that bad but it was like i when i when i was watching it i was saying to myself like hell you wouldn't do that to white nick fury there's a lot of stuff they just wouldn't do to white nick fury that they're doing to this nick fury samuel jackson's nick fury you know and it was almost as if like yo like we're going to change nick fury around you know what I'm saying? You know, like, no, you know, like they, they came up to him, like, hey, we're going to change Nick Fury. Oh, how are we going to change him? We're going to make him younger? No, we're going to make him black. Oh, you're going to make Nick, Nick Fury black, huh? Okay, we, we, we're going to really do some changes. Because, man, white Nick Fury had was awesome, man. White, white Nick Fury had the cool guns. He had guns big as Cable's guns. Remember Cable back in the comic book days? He used to have these big, gigantic guns, you know what I mean? Like, only Cable can pick up. But for some reason, Nick Fury can pick them up. You know what I mean? Like, he had those type guns. He had all of these different contraptions and different, you know, uh, 
things he done thought about or his company made like different weapons he was like a super futuristic james bond you know what i'm saying like he had you know he had all this different arsenal i mean i remember one time him and wolverine fought like wolverine he, he put wolverine on his ass and i want to say he took wolverine's eye out i want to say that but he really fucked up wolverine really really bad and but you know like wolverine can heal so eventually he beat um he beat uh nick fury well but you know like but i was like when i read that comic i was like dang you know nick fury is is pretty dope and i heard that samuel jackson was gonna be playing nick fury i'm like oh shoot man as soon as, <laughs> as soon as that joke that joke of color change man that joke of their value drop that joke of their, that joke of their doesn't it joke is like making stuff out of tape <laughs> you know dude he's doing like low budget stuff man 1980s macgyver stuff even macgyver did better stuff the dog on this version of nick fury but I was just like, man, all right, you know, and I, and I knew because I was like, all right, I know what it is. You know what I mean? I don't really have to stress it, stress it, you know, but I, I just know what it is. All right, cool. So white Nick Fury can do all of this. But then when Nick Fury becomes Samuel Jackson, you get this. You know what I'm saying? Like white Nick Fury gets to smoke the cigar and get all these battle scars and the war and all of that stuff. And then you get samuel jackson nick fury and he gets his battle scars doing other things so it was just like all right man cool it is what it is um but yeah i i didn't like ronin in this film uh, i'm just gonna leave it at that uh i don't have a problem with the strong woman lead in this film but i felt like it didn't bother me as much but it just didn't it just fell flat for me like like them playing like you have a strong woman lead but it's like hey we're gonna have this dialogue to let you know she's a strong woman and you know like hey we're gonna play uh a song or play a score or whatever background music basically talking about how strong this woman character is and it was like all right man like you know all right cool i i, I didn't it didn't bother me as much but it was just like kind of like you gotta think i came up in the 80s now granted it weren't that many lead women stars but when there were they were just badass without having to tell you you know what i'm saying like ripley she didn't have any like you know no doubt or you know any type of you know female you know like you know strong independent female music playing in the background you know it's a ladies world or whatever i don't know you didn't have that playing in the background she just kicked ass you know what i'm saying she just kicked alien ass you know over and over again you know and of course you got to start off as you know weaker like most main characters have to start off as weaker they they fight you know uh and lose and then they lick their wounds and then they get stronger and then they learn from the mistakes that they made and then they become the badass toward the end of the movie i mean that's you I mean you could say the same thing with sarah connor you know what i mean like sarah connor she didn't have any you know women music pumping her up in the background or anything like that like you just knew she was strong the way she was just fucking people up you know like she was just really going in and so uh yeah so i you know like it was just kind of like all right you know like i like i grew up maybe the new millennials need this you know what i'm saying it's possible but i grew up with ripley and i grew up with sarah connor you didn't need all of that stuff like you know you just knew they were badass women without knowing hell nancy nancy from nightmare on elm street was a badass i mean like she started off you know timid quiet shy 
And then eventually, you know, as things progress in Nightmare on Elm Street, she ends, you know, a badass. You know what I'm saying? And then by the time she's in part three, she was already a badass trying to teach Christian how to be a badass. You know, when Christian tried to like, you know, like cut her wrist, you know, she came in there with like, you know, her first day on the job was like, uh-uh, you know, you know, you need to put the knife down, put the, put the, uh, put the uh, scalpel down when she, when she cut uh, Lawrence Fishburne. So anyway, yeah, so it was like, you know, um, you know, it, you can be a badass. You can make a woman, female character, a woman character a badass without like, you know, like trying to force it down my throat. You know what I mean? But I didn't mind. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was just blowing the hell out of me, but it was just like, okay, you know, but they didn't do that with Ripley. That's all I, I can say. Like they didn't do that with Ripley and, and uh, a lot of other um, like female, like badass characters. They didn't really do that. Like even um, old girl from Michael Myers. I can't think of her name right now because I'm trying to zoom through. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, that's my point on that. So it's not like a a shot at you know women characters. Nah, it's just I mean you don't we don't have to choke on it. You know what I mean? I didn't choke. You know I just coughed coughed it up and kept it moving but you know it might be some other people that might choke on it might be some people that love it i mean feel like hey you know shove it down my throat you know what i'm saying so pause but yeah so it, it is what it is um and then you also have uh colson you know colson i didn't like Col. i mean colson was cool but i didn't like it you know what i'm saying so you got to see what i'm talking about or the lack of what I'm talking about. Um, what I did like about this movie, as I mentioned before, Captain Marvel, she did feel she didn't feel full, but I did like her better than the Captain Marvel that I read. Um, I was real skeptical about going into this movie, um, uh, liking this character, because I was like, you know, I I don't like the character in the comic books. She like she reminds me of an asshole cop. You know what I mean? So uh going you know coming out of it i respect what brie lawson did to the character so I, I, I you know even though they need to expand on it more to bring out more of brie lawson's or excuse me carol danvers personality and it's not brie lawson's fault i feel like it's the writer as i mentioned before but i feel they got they need to you know do more to bring out that personality um i did like goose goose was you know named after goose from top gun and top gun i didn't really watched the movie i saw the movie but it was whatever i liked the video game better i was young back then so i like the video game better i thought that was better um anyway uh i did like the beauty of outer space of the outer space scenes i thought that was pretty cool um and yeah so i felt like that's that's the stuff that i did like and another thing i i don't get where people are saying goose is you know with captain marvel i you know because by the time i walked out of the movie i thought goose was with uh nick fury so they're saying everybody's saying you know uh captain marvel owns goose but you know I, I don't see where that happened but you know to know what i'm talking about and they do have something in the comic book that relates to goose uh uh that uh creature name is chewy or cat i'll say cat it's a cat you know so you saw the cat in the trailer I'm, I'm over here trying to add like they didn't put the cat in the trailer so yeah so anyway they're saying that you know captain that's captain marvel's cat um but actually in the movie it seemed like nick fury owned the cat and in the comic books uh uh captain marvel did own the cat but the cat name was chewy it wasn't goose so yeah um so let me go ahead and get to what i would give this movie i will give this movie a commercial break yeah i will give you my answer right after this commercial break (laughs) 
All right. So, uh, yeah, make sure you, uh, you know, get into that. Um, but now we're going to get into what I rate this film. What do I rate this film? I said a lot of stuff. I'm just trying to calculate everything, put everything together. What will come out of my mouth after everything that I've said? Okay, I said something about Nick Fury. I said something about Captain Marvel. I said something about uh, Goose. I said something about Scrolls. I'm just going to calculate all that stuff up. Once I calculate that stuff up, my answer is my rating. People, ladies and gentlemen, my rating. The rating I'm going to give Captain Marvel. This rating, it's the most realest rating ever because it's real, because it's it formulated in my head and it's coming out of my mouth pause, but it's going to be the realest rating ever. I give this rating seven and a half flurkins. Yes, seven and a half flurkins. Most of you are like, what the hell is a flurkin? Watch the movie. You know what a flurkin is. So anyway, uh, I give you hints inside the, you know, what a flurkin is but um yes I give it seven and a half flurkin so um yes you all go check it out i definitely suggest you all check out this film um it has two credit scenes in credit scenes it's worth checking out uh actually one of the credit scenes got me real hyped for Endgame. so you go ahead and check that out okay all right, man, I want to say thank you all for checking in, tuning in with my crazy ass, and, uh, you know, shout out to everyone again, you know, shout out to the pod listeners, shout yourself out, I hope you all have a good day, and uh, continue to make me last by giving listeners support for the podcast, and if you want to hit me up right now, you can hit me up on Critical Blues Reviews on um, Instagram, and uh Leave a, leave, leave a note, leave a message, let me know something, you know, what's on your mind, how you feel, what you, what you like about my reviews, what you don't like about my reviews, I don't care, I like, I like, I like to get booed sometimes, you know, because I like, I like to rock, you know, the rock always just to get booed, but anyway, um, you know, shout yourselves out, y'all take care of yourselves, stay focused, and 